So this morning I want to share from Luke chapter 1 and uh, say these words with me. Devotion, desire, right, let's start again. I know it takes you about a half an hour to warm up. Devotion, desire, delay, doubt, and delight. Do you like my wee Christmas background? Did that last night. I'm actually really proud of it. So Luke chapter 1, let me ask you a wee question before we start. Stick up your hand if you were ever in a nativity play in school. Okay, now keep your hand up if you were Mary. Davey, you're not Mary. Put your hand up if you were Joseph. Rob, put your hand up if you were a wise man or a shepherd. Glenn, come on. Must have been a shepherd though. Put your hand up if you played, now nobody probably played baby Jesus, but there might be some, no. Did anyone ever play Zacharias or Elizabeth? Anyone ever seen them in a nativity play? They probably, and they won't, they probably won't be in our Sunday school one. Not that it's wrong, but they're two characters that you never see in a nativity play, and they're actually quite a big part of the whole story. So in chapter one to two of Luke, oh, sorry, did anyone play a donkey? <laughs> Felgate. <laughs> only joking, only joking. So Luke chapter, Luke, Luke chapter one to two, and in these chapters, Luke gives us his account. I know there, obviously there's another account in the book of Matthew, but this is where we have Luke's account of the Christmas story or the infancy narrative, whatever way you want to call it. And Luke tells us that it seemed good to him to write an orderly account of all that took place. And do you know what? We need to be thankful that he took the time to do that because only he and Matthew, as I've said, record for us the story of the birth of Jesus and all that took place before it and after and both accounts give us great insight into the miracle of the birth of the Messiah. And I'm so glad Alan read that passage this morning from Isaiah, unto us a, a child is born, unto us a son is given. That leads perfectly into this this morning. And as I've said, if I was to ask you about who do you normally see in a nativity? Mary, Joseph, Jesus, wise men, shepherds, Herod, forgot about Herod, and the, who played an angel? I, Jane, I knew. You must have, must have put something on your face though, did you? But as I've said, there's two other key players that we very rarely hear of, and they're the parents of John the Baptist, Elizabeth and Zacharias. And just for time, I'll refer to them as Zach and Liz. And Zach and Liz, you know, they play such a vital role in the story that it would be unwise to overlook them and what God did for them and through them as part of this um, story. Let's begin by reading Luke 1, 1 to 7. If you've no Bible, it's on the screen here. Okay, and this is the beginning of this story of um, devotion, desire, delay, doubt, and delight. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand the set in order, sorry. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand the set in order and narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also. That's Luke, of course having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abiah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. 
but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So what do we learn about Zach and Liz from Luke's introduction to his gospel account? Well, we learn that Zacharias um, was of this priestly division um, of Abia, and we find that in 1 Chronicles 24. Let me just read a little bit of that for you. Now, these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, Eleazar and Ithamar ministered as priests. Then David with Zadok, the sons of Eleazar, and Ahimelech, the sons of Ithamar, divided them according to the schedule of their service. Then we jump down to verse 7. Now the first lot fell to Jehoraib, the second to Jediah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Seorim, the fifth to Malkijah, the sixth to Majamin, the seventh to Hakoz, the eighth to Abiyah. And there we find the eighth to Abiyah. This is the division that Zacharias was part of. And then in verse 19, this was the schedule of their service for coming into the house of the Lord according to their ordinance by the hand of Aaron, their father, as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. So we also learn then from Luke that Elizabeth, she too was of the daughters of Aaron. She was from good and from godly stock. Luke then goes on to tell us in verse six of his opening chapter that both Zach and Liz were righteous before God, okay? And this is important. They were righteous before God. What what does it mean to be righteous? It is to be equitable in character or act. By implication, innocent, or holy, very biblical word, just, meet, or righteous. Thayer um, gives the definition as righteous, observing divine laws, upright, virtuous, keeping the commands of God, of those who seem to themselves to be righteous, also innocent, faultless, and guiltless, okay? Now Luke then goes on to tell us in his gospel that both Zach and Liz walk together in all the commandments and the ordinance of God. I would, I would love Luke to be able to write that about me. What do you say? Would not be good for, for someone to write about us that they walked in all the ordinances and the commandments of the Lord? Well, Zach and Luke did, or Zach and Liz did, sorry. And then Luke adds an interesting word at the end of verse six. He writes that they were blameless, They walked in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. Okay, what's blameless? It's deserving no censure, free from fault or defect. You see, Liz and Zach were without doubt believers in the one true God, and their lives were lived out in the fear of God. They lived their lives out in the fear of God, and um, they, they loved the Lord. We can be sure about that. So here's our first day for this morning, devotion. Devotion is love and loyalty. I've tried to make everything the same letter so it's easy to remember, okay? Love and loyalty. Zach and Liz, look, we know from the text they were both devoted to the Lord. They loved the Lord, they served the Lord, and they lived their lives in complete surrender to the Lord. They lived to serve him, and they both lived in a way that honored him. That's the first question this morning. Are we living in a way that honors the Lord? Are we serving the Lord? Are we devoted to the Lord? Do we love the Lord? Are we loyal to the Lord? You see, Zach and Liz were truly and fully devoted to the Lord. They had this incredible devotion to their God. They were devoted in heart, in mind, and soul, and body, in everything to the God that they loved. 
They lived by his commandments and in so doing were seen to be firstly righteous and secondly blameless, walking in every ordinance of a holy God. Devotion, that was their devotion and we too are to live lives of devotion. And then we come to desire, the second day for this morning. What is desire? It's a strong feeling of wanting something or wishing for something to happen. It can be a yearning or a craving, a burning, a longing, or simply an aspiration. We all have desires in our lives, don't we? We all long for things. We all yearn for things. We've all wanted things, aspired for things. And you know, the one thing that was missing in the lives of Zach and Liz, we all know what it was. It was a child. They wanted a wee baby for themselves. They didn't have one. They were childless. And Luke gives us this information in verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. But the New Living has it like this. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. You see, this righteous, this upstanding godly couple were living without something that they deeply desired. Something that throughout their time together, I have no doubt, they prayed about earnestly over and over and over. Desire. First they had devotion, now they have that desire. And I believe that every time they got before God on their knees, that they petitioned him, they prayed to the Lord for a young boy or a young girl, unsure as to why God had not yet answered them. Yet they continued to pray, they continued to serve him, they continued to believe, they continued to trust in his goodness and in his faithfulness. Church, in times of delay, we've just got to trust him. Amen? We've just got to believe in his goodness and in his faithfulness. You know, it seemed that at this point in life that their prayer had went unheard and that their prayer would possibly never be answered. Why? Because Luke tells us that both Zach and Liz were both now well stricken in years. They were advanced in years. They were further on in years. They were aging. They were like some of you getting older. We're all getting older. We all get older together, don't we? They were both in their latter years. They both would have been at memory lane on a Tuesday. And it seemed now that not having a son or daughter was inevitable, okay? It was inevitable. And for Liz especially, you know, this, this brought great shame upon her. In this culture they lived, it was a shame not to have any children. It was actually, this, I think this is awful, it was actually understood to be a sign of God's displeasure for a woman not to bear children. A barren woman was considered to be in disfavor with God and outside of his blessing. You know, that's quite a harsh view. It's not one I hold to at all in any shape or form, but it was the widely held view of the time. And in her barrenness, Liz was looked down upon by the other women in her community and seen as a woman without the blessing of God resting upon her. You see, to have no child was to carry with you shame and sorrow. It was, in that culture, it was simply an embarrassment. But you know what? This is far from the way that God saw her and saw both of them. Because even though Liz was barren, even though she could not conceive, God still called her righteous. She was righteous before the Lord. You see, the culture and the beliefs of the day do not dictate what God thought about her, okay? It's the same today. Whatever way you feel, it does not dictate the way God thinks about you. She was not outside of God's blessing or outside of his favor. In fact, she was very much inside it. 
as was Zacharias. Do you know what? It was just a simple matter of timing, okay? How good are we with timing and waiting and patience? I'm not. Those of you that know me know I'm not. Everything needs to happen now. You see, the time was not yet fulfilled, but we know that that soon would all change. Desire and delay, often two things that go hand in hand. No matter where you are in life, am I right? We have that desire, but there seems to always be this delay that comes alongside it. You see, delay for us always feels like a negative, but sometimes, many times in God's plan, it can very much be a positive, okay? For us, delay has this idea of a negative thing, but very often in God's plan and purpose, it can be a positive. Because we think of delay in these terms, this is a setback, this is a suspension. It's to postpone, to hinder, and for something to happen more slowly than normal. But you see, with certainty, we can say that God's blessing was on Liz and on Zacharias, and he had a vital role for them to play, not in some story that no one would ever hear, but in the story of the Savior, of the Messiah, coming into the world to redeem the world because they were to play a pivotal and important role in the coming of the anointed one, the Messiah, the Redeemer of Israel. Devotion, desire, and delay were all part of God's plan. They didn't know it at the time, but soon they would. They just had to wait a little longer. Sometimes we just gotta wait a little longer. Zach and Liz had no idea that they would play a cameo role, an important, a very important role in one of the greatest unfolding scenes in history. I love that word, history. His story. His story. It's God's story. They were about to become characters in the greatest story ever told, and they had no idea. They had no clue at all. Look, can I ask you this morning before we carry on, and I'm asking myself these things too, what is it that you've been praying for? What is it that you have brought to the Lord when you've come before him for so long, maybe for years, for weeks, for months, maybe for years? What is it that you desire in your life that never seems to come to pass? What do you see as your delay? What is the prayer that you've been praying for 10, 20, 30 years and it never gets answered? I wanna try and encourage you this morning God has heard you. He hears every single, he knows your every thought. Before, you even, before it even comes out of your mouth, he knows what you're gonna ask him. He's heard your prayer. And you know what? He still hears you today. He still hears you today. I believe that he heard you the very first time you even had the thought. He heard your prayer. He has heard and listened to every word that you've spoken and every word that you still speak. As I've said, he knows your thoughts before they even make it out of your mouth. He knows the desires of your heart and he knows all the things that you long for. And do you know why he knows? Because he put them there. If they're good things, if they're godly things, God put them there. All those good and godly desires that you have were placed there by him and for him, all to bring him glory. That's the main aim of all of this. And do you know what? He's seen your pain He's seen your frustration. He has seen your tears and he still sees them today. 
He knows all your anxieties, your fears, and your worries, and he wants you to leave them with him this morning. He sees your devotion to him. He knows your desires, and he understands you might be struggling with this delay today. But you know what he would say to you this morning? Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. In fact, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about a thing. And what about this advice from the word from King Solomon? Place your trust in the eternal. Rely on him completely. Never depend upon your own ideas and inventions. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish and he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. I love that version of Proverbs 3. Look, the Lord would say to you this morning, my child, son, daughter, honestly, I know, be- I know what is best for you. I know best. I know what I'm doing with your life. My ways are higher than your ways. They always have been and they always will be. Trust me, have faith in me, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Leave them with me this morning and go out of this place knowing that you've left them with the one who will never leave you and never forsake you. Amen. Isn't that good news, church? Have the faith that God will do the best for you because he loves you. And here's the truth, church. It's a hard one and I... I've had to learn the hard way. You know, sometimes it's not getting the things that we desire that bring us closer to the Lord. It's not getting the things that we desire that actually bring us to our knees. And you know what? That's never a bad thing. In fact, it can be a really good thing. Many times when we have our needs met instantly and all our wants and desires fulfilled without any delay whatsoever, we can drift off course a little. And our relationship with our Heavenly Father can actually start to suffer. I'm not talking about losing our faith or going cold, but we can start to become a little distant from Him, start to skip our quiet times, start to skip being in the Word and sitting at His feet, start to miss those times where we just spend quality time with the Lord in prayer, just to seek Him, just to be with Him, to thank Him for every blessing, simply to worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know what? Sometimes it actually takes that frustration and that impatience to drive us to our knees and back to the place where the Lord wants us to be in close communion with him in that loving relationship. Church, don't neglect spending time with the Lord. Be with him. We all know what the psalmist said. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know, but you've got to be still first. And when you're still, then you can be in his presence be still in his presence and know that he is God. See, Zach and Liz were loved by God. They kept on living for him in true devotion despite their prayer never having been answered, despite having the desire, yes, but also living in the delay. Look, they're an example to us to keep going, to keep serving. Even when our most intimate prayers go unanswered, God is still faithful. God is still faithful. Can anyone testify to that? That God is still faithful. No matter where you are, he's still good. Look, it's easy when your prayers don't get answered to feel overlooked, to feel left out. We may see other people. We may look at other people around us being blessed with the things that we want. But that's the time when we need to trust God more than ever. 
That's the time to get our eyes off what other people have and get our eyes focused on the Lord. You know, comparison is the thief of joy. We all know that. I have, and many times in my life, I've looked at others and been jealous of what they have. But you know what? Comparing your life with others will lead you down a path that you do not want to go. I've been there. It's painful, and it's not somewhere I want to go again. You know, I know that it's hard when people get the thing that you've been praying for for an entire, entire lifetime. I know it hurts. We're humans. We have those deep, we feel those deep emotions. It hurts whenever you see everyone else getting the thing that you might be praying for. It brings all those emotions to the surface, and we can let them take over, and that's where it starts to go all wrong. We can, we can downward spiral into comparison, sometimes into envy, sometimes into jealousy, and even into bitterness. And that's not where the Lord wants us to be because the bitterness can be directed at God. And that is not a good place to be, church. You know what I have found is the best remedy for comparison and bitterness, for getting through that, that kind of, I've been overlooked, God's forgotten me. You know the best thing to do is be thankful. Thankfulness and gratitude will always pull you out of that pit of comparison. Be thankful for, for what you already have. Be grateful for the faithfulness of God in your life. Be grateful for the goodness of God in your life. It's that simple, honestly. When you stop being thankful for what you do have, you start seeing all the things that you don't have and you can become selfish and ungrateful. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that right? Have you ever been, just put up your hand if you've ever been there before. Let's be honest this morning. I've definitely been there. <clears throat> and you know, we can turn those things into idols and they can take up a position, up the position, sorry, that God should occupy. They can become our priority. We become so fixated on them. They become the object of our affection rather than our savior. And you know, like what Elizabeth experienced, we can feel like we haven't maybe matched the standard of the culture of our world, but it's all lies. God has you where you are and he has you there for a good reason, okay? Just trust him. Don't miss out. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm preaching this to myself too this morning, church, I promise you that. Don't miss out on the blessing that he has for you right now. I tend to live in the future a little bit, but it doesn't exist. Only today exists. Only right now exists. Don't miss the blessing that God has for you right now because you're thinking about back then or you're thinking about what if this or this doesn't happen. You're blessed. I am blessed. We are all blessed, church, aren't we? We have so much to be thankful for. Just take a few moments every day. Today when you go home, when you sit down to your dinner, say, Lord, thank you for this delicious meal. Thank you for this food. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the electricity. Thank you that I'm still breathing today, that I'm still here serving you. Just say, God, I'm thankful for whatever and tell him. Devotion, desire, delay. Let's get back to the story. Sorry, I went off on one there, but forgive me. We know that Zach was of the division of Abia, a division of priests. Each division served in the temple twice a year for one week at a time. And these priestly duties were assigned by lot and a priest could only burn incense once in his lifetime. And some priests actually never had the privilege to do so, only once. But Zacharias did get the opportunity and this is where we find him in our story. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, 
according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside of the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. This was turning out to be some day for old Zach, wasn't it? A day that he would never, ever forget. Not only was he chosen to go in and burn the incense, this would be his one time in his life, he was chosen to burn the incense in the temple of the Lord, but while he burned the incense, incense, can't say that word, incense, and the people prayed outside, an angel, a, a, a heavenly messenger, appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar. Now, I'm sure this was not something that happened every day in the temple, but look, put yourself in Zach's position just for a moment. This is your one and only chance to get this right. Okay, the pressure's on. Everyone's praying outside. This is your one go. And then an angel turns up. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Ruin it. That would really put you off your work, wouldn't it? To say Zach was startled and surprised would probably be a great understatement. The text says that he was troubled and fear came upon him, which of course would be a natural reaction to when you're doing your job, an angel just suddenly appears in front of you. Look, an angel is not something that Zach would see every day, of course. And in fact, he'd probably never seen one in his life. But here is the angel standing with Zach at the altar. I can't imagine being face to face with an angel. Honestly, I can't. I'm sure that my immediate reaction would be fear. Not, hold on, mate, give me a minute here. I need to get this incense burnt. But you'd be, I'd be freaking out. And the angel does his best to calm Zach down. Zacharias, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Then come the words from the mouth of this angelic messenger that would change the life of Zach and the life of Liz forever. In fact, church, it was going to change everything. It would literally change, it would change history. Your prayer is heard. Your wife will bear you a son and you will call him John. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God to make ready a people prepared for their God. The angel was finished. The message had been delivered. What would the response from Zacharias be? What would the response from you be? What would you say in that moment? What would you think? What would you be feeling? Surely you would say, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You've heard my prayers. You've answered me. I'm lost for words. Well, Zacharias would be. <laughs> you are so kind and gracious. I knew all things were possible with you, God, and that you are faithful. Thank you, Gabriel, for bringing me this good news. I must go quickly and tell Elizabeth the amazing news. I am so overwhelmed and I'm so excited about this. This is amazing. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. The story is much different than that. And Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Gabriel, how shall I know this? I'm, I'm old. 
my wife is an old woman. Zach was saying, look, that's, that's not possible. It's just not possible. I'm too old. Liz is old. There's no way we can have a child. Kind of takes you back to Abraham and, and Sarah, back in Genesis, when Sarah was so desperate for her own child. And when she got the news that a son was to be born, she actually laughed in the face of God. She laughed. She thought this was ridiculous. This was unbelief and a lack of faith. And in this moment, the doubt started to, crap, started to creep into Zacharias. Slide 19. Slide 19. Do I need to say slide 19? Devotion, desire, delay, and now that little bit of doubt. After all this time, after praying so long with Liz for a child, the angel brings the best news they could ever have wanted. But what does Zach do? He doubts. The, the doubt starts to creep in. You know, we, we're fickle, let's be honest. We can be so fickle. Our faith can be so up and down. We, we have great faith and belief one day, and the next day, that, that faith can be nearly down to nothing. Our, our faith tank can be empty. We trust God one day with everything, and then the next day, it's, it's like he's forgotten us, and we're, we're, we're far away from him. Our faith is wavering, and like James says, we're double-minded, unstable in all our ways. Church, why are we so surprised when God shows up and answers our prayers? Why are we surprised? We shouldn't be. Why are we so shocked when we realize that God has actually been listening all along? We shouldn't be, because he is listening. He does hear us. He hears and he answers in his time. But you know what? Sometimes it's a yes. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a just not yet. But you know what? His answer, I believe, is always the best for us. It's always the best for us. And you all know what happened to poor doubting Zacharias in this moment of unbelief and doubt. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, but they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Zacharias was made mute. He couldn't speak. He couldn't share his experience now in the temple with anyone. He couldn't even tell his wife. He wasn't able to tell the people gathered there who had been praying that he and Liz were now going to have a child in the very near future. He was silenced, and now he was isolated. You see, church, Unbelief can have consequences. It can have consequences. A lack of faith can have consequences for all of us. And you know, in this moment, Zach felt the harsh reality of this when he left the temple uh, unable to speak. But you know what? It would probably give him time to consider where his faith was and what his response to God should have been. He was a man of knowledge. I believe he was a man that knew the word of God. He was a man well-versed in the things of God. We know that because of his devotion. He was a priest. He was a servant of God's temple. <clears throat> Yet with all of that, this, lack, this moment, this lack of faith was his downfall. Look, knowledge is good. Living by God's commands is so honorable and it's so right and it's, it's, it's good and we should. But we must have faith and rid ourselves of all unbelief and doubt. 
Look, church, I believe, maybe I'm just a simple man, but I believe that God can and will do the impossible. Does anyone else believe that? I believe he can and he will do because he's more than able. Let's have faith this morning that God hears and that he answers prayer, that he answers our prayers. You see, as many scholars would tell you, Zacharias was not disciplined for asking questions of God. That's so important that we understand that. He wasn't, he wasn't disciplined for questioning God or for, for asking questions of God, as, as we all do, and it's right that we do, along with, with Elizabeth. But he was disciplined for not expecting God to answer. That's the difference. He was disciplined by the angel for not expecting God to answer. You see, the scriptures are filled with people who ask questions of God. Just read the Psalms. They're filled with people asking questions of God and being answered by God. But Zach here is made mute because he did not expect God to answer. I don't want any of us to, be, to ever be in that place where we don't expect God to answer. Let's always be expectant that God will answer our prayers, even when it's not the answer we want. And you all know that the story doesn't end there. We've seen the devotion of Zach and Liz and the devotion that we all should have. We've seen their desires, and I know that we all have. We all have desires in our hearts, in our minds, things that we've been praying for and seeking the Lord for. And Zach and Liz saw those desires go through this period of delay. And I understand in our own lives there can be times of waiting and times when we don't fully understand what God is doing or what's going on, and that's okay. We've just got to trust him. And then we've seen poor old Zacharias succumb to the one thing that can take us off course for maybe a week, a month, maybe for years, and that's unbelief and doubt. But there's one more day to come, and that is delight. Devotion, desire, delay, doubt, but now comes the delight. You see, within a year, Liz has given birth to this beautiful boy, and they call him John. And John, as we know, was the cousin of Jesus. John would be the one who would prepare the way. John the Baptist, who would go into the wilderness and prepare the way for the Messiah to come. You see, church, God kept his word. His word was true and his word was trustworthy. But unfortunately for Liz, sorry, unfortunately for Liz, and unfortunately for Liz, old Zach got his speech back. And uh, she probably enjoyed the however long it was of not being able to say a word. But he got it back in the end, unfortunately for her. And he did write a beautiful song, which you can read in the book of Luke, praising God for his faithfulness and his goodness. It's some cheek, didn't it? <laughs> That's something the guy would do. God, you'll never do this. You're, you don't know what you're doing. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, Lord, you're wonderful. You're brilliant. How fickle are we? Honestly, how fickle are we? We're nightmares, aren't we? God, God, like, he's so long-suffering with us, isn't he? He really is. He really is good. He wrote this song praising God for his faithfulness and his goodness. The doubt had dissipated. It was gone, and the devotion was now back to 100%. And God was faithful to this couple. He kept his word. He kept his promise. He heard, he did hear their prayers. He heard every little prayer that was made, and he answered them in his time. Church, look at how it all worked out in the end. God had a plan. 
He had a master plan. And, and look, I'm not saying that any of us, this story will never happen again, of course. And this story will never be our story, but we all have our own journeys. We all have God working out his plan and purposes in our own lives. Our story will, maybe, will never be as great as, you know, it'll never be in the Bible. It'll never be, the whole world won't know about it. But God is involved in our lives in every single part of it. And Zach and Liz had no idea that they were going to be part of this story. Alongside Joseph and Mary, who always get the big parts in the nativities, the wise men, the shepherds, the angel, and all of the others who were involved in the nativity story that we know so well. We started with their devotion. We, we, we've seen their devotion. And church, that's the foundation for everything. If we don't have that devotion, we're really left with nothing else. We need to be devoted to the Lord. Remember those two words, loyal and loving. Devotion is a love. It's, an, it's actually an enthusiasm and a loyalty for a person or activity. We should be enthusiastic about the Lord. Yes, amen. We should be enthusiastic about serving him. Yes, yes. We should be enthusiastic about everything that he's done for us. But we should also be loyal to him and we should also love him. A love for Jesus, an enthusiasm for Jesus, and a loyalty to Jesus. That's devotion. Look, let's take Liz and Zacharias as our example this morning. They were righteous and blameless in the sight of God. Yes, they had their ups and downs. Yes, we've seen the delay. We've seen the desires. We've seen the doubt. But then we've seen the delight when God's plan was worked out in their lives. And I know that we all have desires. We all have those longings. We all have cravings for this or for that. And as I've said, I know sometimes that things don't happen when we want. And we've got to deal. The, the, the truth is that we've just got to deal. We've got to put our big boy pants on and we've got to deal with the delay. We've just got to trust the Lord. And we've got to remember that, not, that his delays are not always his denials. Okay? Just remember that. And while in that delay, don't let that doubt creep in. Just don't let it in. Block it out. Just trust the Lord. Keep serving him. Keep faith. I know what's, I'm saying all these things and I'm thinking, Pete, in my head, you're a complete hypocrite. You don't do that. But I'm trying, church. I'm trying to trust him more. Trust in his faithfulness. Trust in his goodness. And not let that doubt and unbelief and lack of faith creep in. Because it gets me off course and it, it, it can put me in a bad place with the Lord. And I don't like it happening. And I don't want it to happen to you. It does get it off course, get us off course. What I want to say to you this morning is keep trusting him, keep serving him, keep loving him, and wait for the delight. Wait for the delight. You have the devotion, you've got the desires, you might have to go through the delay. You might have to fight the doubt. In fact, you probably will have to fight the doubt. But in the end, there will be the delight. And that's the story of Zach and Liz. And I hope you've been blessed this morning by the word. Why don't we stand together? We're going we're gonna to sing another beautiful Christmas carol. Hope that's okay.